And joining us now on the phone is uh, Richie Dave Porter. Good evening, Richie. How you doing, Colin? You all right, dude? I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, we're going to chat about your uh, album you've got coming out in uh, a few months' time called End of the Line. But um, I, yeah. thought, I thought, first of all, we'll start at the beginning, really, and uh, just to find out a bit a bit about you and how you got into music. Yeah, well, I, was, I started playing guitar when I was 11 years old, and my father was very much into jazz and blues. He was into things like B.B. King and Buddy Rich, the jazz drummer. So uh, he knew I liked guitar. He bought me a guitar. Um, I started practicing, became obsessed with it. And uh, <laughs> then I sort of got into uh, Hendrix. My father had a Jimi Hendrix smash hits on vinyl. And that was the first real Guitar Hero record that I heard. Um, blew me away. Absolutely, totally blew me away. Especially the solo on things like uh, Manic Depression and um, you know Red House and stuff like that. But then the biggest thing musically that affected me was probably Led Zeppelin. When I heard uh, Led Zeppelin 1, 2 and 3 and 4, I uh, was really impressed by Jimmy Page. Mostly his um, riffs, the excellence of his acoustic guitar work. And what I liked about Zepp was there was so much variety. There wasn't just hard rock. There was lots of intricate acoustic guitar work, which I thought was fantastic but i've always liked things like uh john lee hooker b king albert king in particular is one of my favorite guitar players um and and i just play the blues because <laughs> there's a lot of blues in my life yeah but, uh, when you when you when you started out was it always the blues or, or was it other sort of music as well it was it was mostly blues but there was hard rock as well i mean I'm, i mean it's still the same today i mean most of the stuff that i listen to or that moves me is is blues music and in this day and age i probably would say beth hart and uh, joe bonamassa really impressed me because of the the excellence of the songs the, the, the playing is just tremendous um you know and the production's just something else as well because production matters a lot i've always been lucky myself having like michael tingle produce and adam and matt at caps at art studios yeah, definitely. Okay, the uh, the first tune we're going to hear from your uh, latest album, which comes out, I think, in a few months' time, um, we chose to play was the End of the Line. Can you tell us something about that? Yeah, I mean, the, the album's actually been put forward now, so so it's going to be coming out, Mike reckons it'll be out Mar March the 1st. Originally, the release date was April, April the 5th. <laughs> but um, basically, End of the Line is um, an 11-track album of brand new songs produced at Capsar Arc Studios and Michael Tingle's Moon and Sky recording mobile studio. There's it, 10 acoustic tracks, totally unplugged, just guitar and voice, which is my sort of main thing, really. And there's one hard rock sort of blues called Happy Home, which features Mike on drums, and I overdubbed a bass on top of it. Um, yeah, I'm very pleased with the album. It's about, um, you know, a tough time in my life um, where I was sort of <laughs> engaged to be married to someone and, and that all went horribly wrong. And <laughs> I wrote loads of songs about women trouble. And then ironically, this year, as everyone's probably aware through Facebook and stuff, um, <laughs> I did the same damn thing again and uh, it kind of went wrong. But, you know, it's rock and roll. You know, it's the way I like it. You know, these these things happen. People meet each other. People, I don't know, fall out with each other. 
it gives you the blues and it gives you it gives me something to write about anyway. Okay, uh, so yeah, <laughs> Okay, so shall we hear end of the line now, yep? Yeah, go This for is it. Richard Dave Porter and End of the Line. Yeah. I was living the blues I was blinded by love She didn't want me to fall in She's scared of losing her love I couldn't give her the time To be the man of her dreams I had to play my guitar or fall apart at the seams I was searching for love But I need to find peace I was looking for love But love's a broken dream It's the end of the line I got nowhere to go I had to leave my bad woman To find my peace of mind I needed time on my own To feel at one with the world I don't do answering to no one I need to heal my soul I was searching for love, but I need to find peace. I was looking for love, but love's a broken dream. Dave Porter and end of the line and uh, Richie's still with us on the phone. Richie, when you play live, is it always you and a solo guitar or do you sometimes uh, go out with a band? No, these, I mean, for the last four years, it's just been me and an acoustic. Um, there's so much great sort of blues rock power trio stuff and I did all that back in the 90s. So it's only occasional now that I like to record something on the SG and Happy Home is the one on the new album. But generally speaking, uh, I'd say 99% of the time, I'm always doing solo acoustic blues shows uh, because basically nearly all my songs are acoustic blues anyway. I mean, they're they're all recorded unplugged in the studios. But when I perform live, there's just me and my my trusty old EKO guitar, which uh, Paige used, used them in the 70s, I think. You say it's an old so, guitar. Um, How long have you had the guitar? This well, this one's about twenty years old. It's one of the older EKOs. Wow. But I've, since then, I've—I mean, because I'm known for playing them, I'm—I'm I'm, I'm an officially endorsed artist for EKO anyway now. Um, so, 
if I break a guitar, <laughs> I, I, I get one, <laughs> is which it is pretty good. Is it always in this country, or do you sometimes sort of venture to Europe and, 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 and far afield? Um, basically, I have done tours of Germany. I've done, I did, there was two acoustic blues tours of Germany. And then, um, you know, I'd like to organise another one, but the money will have to be a bit better. <laughs> I mean, yes, the money was yes. all right. But, I mean, I've noticed in the last four years when I was touring Germany, um, the first two tours were fantastic. And then um, they were sort of more interested in, in a lot of places of uh, having karaoke's instead of paying musicians to perform live. So I don't think the live scene is quite as good as it was, but um, maybe that will change. It, it, it all swings and roundabouts. I mean, I've been around a long time. I've been playing guitar, something like 34 years. Yeah, um, yeah. I've, I've seen so many changes in the UK where the live scene's pretty dead and then the live scene's really active again. You just never know how things are going to change. Do you find it difficult to play, to find venues to play in or is it, does it come um, quite, you know, are they quite easy to sort of discover, find? It's a lot easier for me now. Now I'm sort of more established. I mean, there's, um, I mean, there's some fantastic venues that I play regularly. There's like obviously the Tower of Song in Birmingham, um, Crossroads Blues Club. Um, there's the Pokey Hot, the original Pokey Hole Blues Club in Litchfield. And that place is amazing. I mean, I've supported lots of um, 70s rock stars there. Um, well, come on then, name, name, name a few, name a few, Richard. Well, I, I did, um, you know, um, John Verity. Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. I did, I did support for John Verity and we got on really well. Um, and he had, he had quite big hits, didn't he? And then there was uh, Ken Pusselnick's Groundhogs and they, you know, they were asked by Mick Jagger to support the Stones, so I supported them. Um, got on really well with Ken as well. And he really liked, um, well, both John and Ken were very complimentary about my acoustic guitar work. Because it takes a lot of bottle, really, to get up in, in a big venue, like a big sports hall. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and play to like five, six hundred people and you're on your own. And but I... because I've, you know, I've, I've got faith in what I do and I know it's, it's of a certain quality and standard. I know people are expecting it to be a certain quality and standard. So, you know, I put the hours in, I put the years in. I just practice, 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 and rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. That's, so the, that's the I way. Give the, go yeah, got to give the public what they want. Yes, exactly. They want to they hear something that's tightly rehearsed. The guy knows what he's doing. Um, they don't want to hear a shambles. I mean, one thing that I really hate if I see a band is an unrehearsed band that doesn't play a tight set. Yeah. yeah. The next tune we're going to hear from the album is a tune that's very short, actually. It's only sort of one minute, 50 seconds long. Baby, Why You Treat Me So Bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can guess what it's about, but are you going to tell us? Oh, well, yeah, the dog says it all, really. I mean, um, I'm notorious for uh, um, probably having lots of uh, failed relationships with a lot of pretty girls. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, you know, uh, on the one side, um, that's what that's basically that's what it's about, baby. Why are you treat me so bad? I mean, why do they? Is it because I'm a blues guy? Okay, so sure. <laughs> okay, we'll hear it now. It's a one minute and I think about fifty seconds long. It's Richard Dave Porter and Baby Why You Treat Me So Bad. Yeah. Baby, why you treat me so bad? Baby, why you treat me so bad? I'm just a guitar man who loves the blues. Baby, why you treat me so bad?
Dave Porter and Baby Why You Trip Me So Bad from the uh, End of the Line uh, album. Uh, let's talk a bit about songwriting, Richie. How do you go about songwriting? What comes first, music, lyrics, or do you just uh, does the idea just come into your head? Well, basically, the chords come first. I mean, um, I'm quite a prolific songwriter, um, so I'm writing a lot of material all the time, really. But um, I could be walking down the road to the shops just to get a pint of milk, and then a riff will come into my head or a chord sequence from nowhere, and I don't know how it happens, but that's how it happens, and I'll get back to the house, put the shopping away, get the guitars out, and then it's like, right, you know, something's happening here. But it doesn't all come at once. I don't ever sit down and, you know, like, a whole song is there. It, it's like there's bits and pieces all the time, and then I slot the bits and pieces together, and that's sort of how it comes. And then as far as lyrics, um, as people know from the songs that I write, I always write about my life experiences, whether it be walking in the snow in minus whatever to work in the morning, because obviously I still have to work, um, like most independent artists do. Yes. Or I might be singing about um, getting engaged or getting unengaged, or I might be singing about, I don't know, having an argument with some girlfriend or something, or um, <laughs> some nightmare journey on the motorway to a gig. <laughs> They're all songs about real life things. And also, also, things. you you wasn't very well a few years back, and, and and that brought out a few songs as well. It did, yeah. I mean, it's um, I mean, yeah. I, I had cancer. I had yes. uh, I had two tumors. So I had um, you know, three three months of intravenous chemotherapy. Um, and I, you know, it was a really bad time. So things like on the first album, Morphine Blues, was actually recorded on morphine <laughs> prescribed by the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. <laughs> so it had a very sort of trippy, psychedelic sort of feel to it. Um, but I like that track because it's completely different to pretty much anything else I've done. But as you know, I do like to do, um, I have my songy songs, but I do like to do instrumentals every now and then. And on like the new album, there, there's two new tracks, you know, Blues at Sunrise, Blues at Twilight, that are purely acoustic instrumental. Yeah. And I made sure we put a little bit of echo on there in the studio um, to give it more depth. And it, I just think it, it gives an album and it takes an album somewhere else. If you, I've always liked instrumentals. Um, they, they really kind of move me when they're done well. And when they're done really badly, then obviously you, <laughs> you don't want to listen to them. 
No, they need to be done really, really well, especially so they can be picked up maybe for sort of radio play or so so that people will sort of listen to them again. Because bad instrumentals can be really bad instrumentals, can't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's why um, it's like when I was composing Blues at Twilight and Blues at Sunrise, I was thinking, well, where am I going to put them on the album? I thought, so let's start the album instrumentally and finish the album instrumentally. So it's like a... Like a story, really. It gives it a, a more of a um, structured theme as well. Yes, that's a very so, good idea, actually. I think when I when I when, when you sent it through to me and I heard the album, I was quite uh, surprised that it started and ended with instrumentals. It's a very, very good idea, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where I got it from. I just It just popped one of them things that pop into my head. It's like anything. I mean, I love the fact that I'm not in a band. And, and to be honest, Colin, I think if I was in a band and I've had enough opportunities to be lead guitarist or whatever in in whatever band uh, i don't think i'd have achieved what i have achieved i mean in the last four years i've gone from being completely unknown to having you know top 10 indie hits in quite a few countries around the world including including the number one in australia which i never wow, thought yeah. was going to happen in a million years yes yeah. <laughs> top 10 in the usa you know is like <laughs> It's all independent charts. It's not like MTV charts or anything, but it's still pretty damn oh, good. Oh, and people do, and people um, nowadays because music's so varied, and people can, have got all different outlets to listen to to, to music. It, it's picked up by lots and lots of people as well. This sort of music. Yeah, I mean, it's like this morning, and before I spoke to you, I was contacted by some some more rock and metal magazines to do like an interview and um, review the album, and it, it's just amazing because when you think about it, I'm. Um, you know, I'm a 48-year-old dedicated acoustic blues artist that plays solo acoustic gigs, um, and I'm, you know, I'm getting my my little independent songs played on radio shows, rock metal and blues stations, and country all 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 around the world. So you, I can't you, can't learn about yeah, that. Yeah, you you sound a very very busy man, Richie. Have you got anything, any hobbies, anything you enjoy doing outside of music? Well, outside of guitar. Um, Qigong, which is a Chinese um, internal power training exercise system from Shaolin Temple. Is that like martial, um, I, uh, martial arts? Yeah, I'm, I'm into my martial arts and my Reiki. Um, it keeps my mind and my body in shape, especially as I'm getting older. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's it's good for you. I mean, I'd recommend any, anyone does Qigong. You can do it in, in at any age. You see loads of old people in parks in China. Oh, okay. doing it yeah, I, I, I know work. what it is now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, Tai Chi itself is like a, a similar. It's part of Qigong. It's the moving style of Qigong, so they call it dynamic Qigong. But um, Badwan Jin and Jan Zhang, they're like more uh, powerful forms of Qigong exercise systems, and I train them every day just to stay in shape, and also uh, so that I can have power if I have to fight back against an attacker or anything. It gives you a lot of strength. A lot of uh, chi or ki, which is energy. Okay. So, yeah, I'm into all that. Very interesting. And I'm also into things like graphic novels and shit like that. I'm a real geek, you know. I mean, <laughs> I love, uh, I'm a big alien alien Terminator Predator Every fan and all that sort of shit. Star Every Wars, you know. Yeah, I mean? everybody's, everybody's Marvel. geeky when it comes to that. Um, right, now let's we, we go back to the album now. But the final tune we're going to hear, you said earlier on that it was probably one of the heaviest tunes from the album called Happy Home. How did that? Yeah. How did that come about? Well, basically, I'd, I'd already recorded the 10 acoustic tracks, and I think I said publicly on Facebook and Twitter that 
It's going to be an, um, an acoustic album that's purely acoustic, just like acoustic blues. Anyway, this day comes along where I'm having my morning cigarette and a coffee and I get the um, G400 SG out. I never start tinkering around on it. And then this riff comes from nowhere. I thought, this is a really good riff. And I thought, I've got to contact Mike. So I spoke to Mike on the phone and I said, when you're in Birmingham, you know, bring the drum kit. I've got something, got something. And he's like, well, what's like a more hell type thing? And I'm like, well, it's not really, really heavy. I said, but it's it's a hard rocking blues and it, we've got to record it. Um, and I'm really glad that we did. We did it in the Licky Hills in the mobile recording studio. Um, we nearly got locked in the park by the parky, which was quite funny. <laughs> but, um, but basically, he's got this massive van, and, and, there's, and it's, a, it's a mobile studio, so you've got a full drum kit in there, you've got amplifiers, <laughs> and you can make a real racket, you can play really loud. So Happy Home was played really loud, and, uh, and the guitar of choice, obviously, when I do play electric, I always use SGs. Don't ask me why, but from many, many years ago, I picked up an SG and it just felt right. So when I do play electric guitar, it's it's an SG. Okay, I think we should hear the uh, the track now and then we'll have a quick chat about how people can obtain the album and any gigs you've got coming up. So uh, this is Richard Dave Porter with the loudest track on the album and it's called Happy Home. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> a little Beatle bit there at the end, Dave. Yeah, you picked up on it, yeah. yeah Only yeah, Beatles yeah. fans are going to get that. I love the Beatles, especially Lennon. Yes, yes, yeah, that's the... Uh, yeah. I, when I first heard that tune, I thought, ah, oh, he's got a little Beatle thing in there. Um, yeah, right. I mean, originally I wasn't going to put that on, and I said, oh, Mike, take that off, and maybe we should, uh, you know, leave that off, because it was just a joke, really. And then Mike said, no, leave it in. Yeah, <laughs> no, leave it, it in. It sounds, it sounds funny. People will get it. It sounds very good. So have you got any, any gigs coming up uh, to promote the album? Anything in the future? Yeah, um... Obviously, gigs and things were starting to be arranged for, um, they were arranged for April originally. Um, so they're still staying as April because you have to book things way in advance. And then the album was moved forward to the 1st of March. So the actual album launch gig will be at the Tower of Song in Birmingham, UK on Thursday, April the 5th at um, the Tower of Song on the night that's called Crossroads Blues Club. So there'll be a headline gig album launch on April the 5th. And then May the 20th, I will be playing in Sheffield for the Honeybee Blues Club. I um, can't remember which venue it is off the top of my head, but I'll be playing on May the 20th, doing a headline in Sheffield. And there's going to be um, other things that are being arranged for festivals, but um, I'm not sort of allowed to say anything yet. Okay. Do, you, <laughs> but, do, you ever, do, you, do you ever come down south? Do you ever play sort of in, in the, the London area? Um, I haven't actually, not for a long time. The last time I played in London was just a jam session at a place called Café des Artistes, and I did a gig at the Engine Room. But I haven't played in London since then. Um, I know Ken Pusselnick of the Groundhogs, he was saying about us possibly doing the 100 Club together or something. Um, that would be good. I haven't, that would be I, good. Yeah, I've never played there. I'd like to. Very small um, venue, very very old, but very very small, but very intimate venue, the Hundred Club. Yeah, I mean, I love those sort of places. I mean, I actually don't have a favourite. I mean, I play a lot of small, intimate venues, being like an acoustic solo artist. But I also got to play huge things where there's like six thousand odd people, like Solly Old Summerfest last um, was it July or August? It was last summer anyway, and that was a massive event. There was people like um, you know. Lulu playing and Gabrielle and then on the other stage which was huge the acoustic stage which was bigger than a lot of rock stages um there was me playing you know so another acoustic artist so it's nice to be at a sort of stage in my blues career now where I'm 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 asked to play festivals that aren't you know just rock or blues festivals I mean Silly Old Summer Fest was a mainstream pop festival <laughs> yeah. So I think people were hearing blues music for the first time and thinking, hey, it's not boring, it's really quite exciting. And I think I started off with I Got No Money, which is very sort of Hendrixy, um, and immediately people's ears picked up. You know, but it was funny because quite a few women there 
uh, were quite intoxicated, and they they thought it was Johnny <laughs> Depp. Really? So that was that was that. Yeah, they, I was sort of uh, you know. <laughs> Talking about checking, yeah, talking about, yeah, exactly, so people can see what you look like. Uh, social media things, so uh, websites, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, what details yeah. have you got for that? Well, basically, there's the Richie Dave Porter Facebook fan page. There's my personal Facebook accounts, and if I check the person out and I don't think they're a cyber hacker or an idiot, then I'll, chances are I'll add them, um, you know, or a hot blonde, only joking. Um, yeah, so basically, yeah, I just check out people before I add them because there's a lot of lot of nasty stuff going on on Facebook and and Twitter with hacking and fake accounts and all that. So I'd advise anyone to do that. There's Richie Dave Porter on SoundCloud. There's www.richiedaveporter.co.uk. That's the official blues website where there's album releases, videos, loads of press reviews from around the world and stuff. Um, and it's all there. And the album would be out. Um, we're all hoping March the 1st now, and it will be on Amazon Digital Download MP3. It will be on iTunes, Apple Music, MP3 Digital Download. It will be available as a hard copy CD on um, CD Baby. So there will be hard copies around. But as I've noticed in the last last four years, there's been a change there as well. More people are just buying downloads now than physical copies. And me personally, I'm old-fashioned. Give me a CD any day. No, when I you when know. I when I do uh, do on this new and outside band show, I always suggest to people that not only do they just sort of download the MP3s, but get hold of the hard copy. It's nice to have that in your hand, you know. And some of these bands, so. especially the unsigned bands and, and and guys like you, you know, spend a lot of time apart from doing other work, but spend a lot of time producing, you know, the covers and 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 the inlays and stuff like that. So it's it's worth yeah. getting the hard copies, I think. I think so. I mean, I mean, I give Mike a rough idea of what I sort of want. I mean, I. I, I as far as the music's concerned, I'm the boss. It's my songs, my my music. There's just me performing, unless it's a track with Mike on drums. But um, as far as the album design, Pembo Pemberton, he's the, the RDP photographer. He's done every single album cover photo shoot. He takes all the photographs, and then Mike does all the graphic design. Um, and obviously, Mike produces the tracks that he's on. Uh, so I've got, I have a good little team. I have like Tim Hislop. And he's like the wingman. He, I call him the wingman. He drives me to gigs that I can't get to by train and stuff like that. Um, so I have a, a little team around me. Um, There's a very loyal and and very good team. Um, you know, you got to have people you can trust. Because, you know, a, a good thing with me as well is I've always made profit. Because in, in the music business, a lot of people will sign any piece of crap just to just to get signed. I've been up with loads of record deals, and I've had two record deals. Um, none of them were any good, really. So I learnt my lessons. You can actually make more money <laughs> if you hit the right market and you have a fan base. Yeah. I mean, mine are like little pockets around the world: Australia, Canada, USA, UK, Europe, whatever. So you hit the market, and you give them the songs. That come from the heart because I, I don't write things to try and have a hit I've never done that and never will so the fact that I have had top 10 hits and stuff and I think there's been seven or eight of them um is it, just great really it means people like the material because I'm not a charty person I've never ever thought I'd have a independent top 10 hit in my life let alone an independent number one or anything um you know, I just write what I feel. I write about my life. And and if people like it and they buy it and it becomes a hit, great. 
<laughs> okay. Fantastic. So the album, the album is called um, "End of the Line" by Richard That's Dave right. Porter. It's out on uh, March the first. So thank you very yeah. much, Dave, uh, Richie, for being here with us on ARFM, and I'll speak to you very, very soon. Yeah. Cheers, Colin, and thank you so much because you've been one of the first broadcasters that heard my stuff, and you've supported it for a good few years now. So you know, you said some very kind words about my, my guitar play and my songs. Um, your support's greatly valued and appreciated, dude. You know, it's 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 great to be on the show. It really Th is. Thanks, Richie. Thank you. Bye bye now. Cheers. Thank you, Colin. Bye. Bye bye.